This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I just want to very quickly, before introducing my guest of today, David Brown, I want to thank my friends and family over at C-Suite Radio Network, where, of course, eventually you can find the podcast cast link also on my host page living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald following the live show i also want to thank my corporate sponsors halt and honda and forever for believing in myself the content and my guests of each week and i want to just say i'm so jazzed for this particular guest today part of the c-suite family we uh, talked weeks and months ago about uh, coordinating this date so here we are with david brown so who is David Brown? Well, what I can tell you is that he is someone who absolutely is a planner. As we all know, a dream without a plan is simply just a dream. The business plan answer man is a leader in business planning. His message is designed to help entrepreneurs understand the need of a business plan and remove the fear and pain of writing the plan. An in-demand speaker and consultant who has helped many clients write their business plan to meet the requirements of lenders and operators their business. Sharing his 25 plus years experience owning and operating a business, he saves entrepreneurs time and money. His first book, From the Bottom Up, The Ultimate Guide for Business Planning to Profitability, is a step-by-step guide for writing a business plan in a no-nonsense format. His second book, Journeys to Success, 21 Empowering Stories, inspired by the success principles of Napoleon Hill, released in March of 2016, became an international bestseller on its release. Both books have received stunning reviews from a wide range of leaders in the business, marketing, and sales. Wow. Thank you for generously also being one of over half a million Living Fearlessly podcast subscribers. Deeply grateful to each and every one of you. David, welcome to the show. May the fourth be with you, my friend. How are you? Doing excellent. Thank you for uh, <laughs> this opportunity to, to be on a special day here on, on, on Living Fearlessly. I've been excited to this day to get here. Well, me too, my friend, and clearly you have been living fearlessly, which, of course, as I always say with my guest of each week, it's a choice, and clearly you saw a vision for yourself, clearly you had goals, you had a vision, and uh, you've taken it vertical. So let's talk about the inception of your journey. When did business become kind of your forte and planning specifically? Well, this most of it started uh, when I went from the factory to the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came out of a factory due to circumstances that were going on and got into an insurance business and not knowing what I was really getting into. Uh, several years into that, uh, learning very hard lessons along the way that I need to do a better job of planning. And so I started doing more research and reading, talking to various people. And if, if I'd have done some of the things early on that I learned, you know, five, six years into business, things would have been a little different. But mm-hmm. 
and then it just grew from there. And towards the end of my insurance career, which spanned about 25 years, the parent company that we contracted with says, we want formal business plans from every insurance agent. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was no problem because I had all the pieces. I just didn't have them in one spot. Right. And so I pulled all that together, put the polish on it. But I had a couple of the newer agents that came up to me and said, you know, how do I do this? You know, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So we sat there and having a conversation over a pot of coffee in a couple Just hours later. Pot? Well, <laughs> yeah, it was the middle of the afternoon, you know. Right. Uh, they, uh, they says, you know, after I kept asking them all these questions, they're giving me the background and they say, you know, but how do I write it? I said, well, just write down what you've told me over the last two hours. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's your business plan. Both of them looked at me kind of funny and, and it came out in stereo. You should be teaching this. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, you know, well, okay. Yeah. Right. Then that light bulb above the head went off. Yeah. And that's when I decided to put pen to paper. And that's how that first book from the bottom up came about. So I really dove into it the last four or five years I was in the insurance industry. Taking it to that next step, what I I have learned over those years that almost put me out of business till I learned better ways, uh, I was able now to share that with others. And so it really took that edge up, and I've been having a time of my life ever since. Amazing. Well, for the listening audience, because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs who tend to tune into this program in addition to me showcasing a lot of entrepreneurs. So when it comes to a business plan, regardless of your business model or what it is you do as a vocation specifically, what would some of the criteria or what would some of the essential uh, core ingredients be in terms of the makeup of a business plan? What must a successful business plan actually encompass, David? Well, it starts off with why are you going into business? What's the right. mission? What, what do you believe in? And that on top of what your vision is for the business and your internal core values becomes the foundation that you build the business on. Mm-hmm. So if you've got you know good ethical, moral grounds, most of us operate by the golden rule, mm-hmm. uh, which is no surprise. But when we look at that is what we're going to do along with why we're in business, what are we going to do to help people? That becomes that foundation. And then from there, we can take it on, identify our, our markets. And this is what almost killed me as in early in my career was I thought insurance, everybody needs insurance. Everybody's my prospect. Mm-hmm. Well, because I was trying to cover too many areas at one time, I wasn't really doing much. And once I learned that I need to focus that down to very niche markets, my business took off. Excellent. And so a lot of people don't realize that. And so we have to start with that focus of who exactly is the people that you're looking to to buy your product or service. And then we start working around that group as we build that plan out and learn how to reach them and what the factors are cost-wise, what are our goals and things. But it's just – that's the key component where I like to start because without that, there is no business. Absolutely. And so how often would you encourage people, uh, in addition to what you do for yourself in maintaining uh, and growing a successful business yourself, David, how often would you encourage people, clients, uh, you know, listening audience when you're taking the stage, uh, giving a speaking engagement, how often would you encourage people to refine and revisit their business model? Well, at least annually, 
But if there's any major shifts in your business operation, you need to take a look at that and say, all right, is the vision I set up, is this opportunity that just came up really in line with what I want to do? And it may or may not. Uh, For instance, whether the other uh, business I just got involved with is our original goal from where we started now has uh, taken on about six or seven different uh, versions of where the original thing was as we refined it. Mm-hmm. So it had each step along the way requires adjusting that business plan so it all fits where we end up with that business model, what we want to do. So until you get everything ironed out to that direction, but you you could then follow that, but if there's a major change or something's coming up, revisit that. It's a living, breathing document. It's not something we create and throw on the shelf. So as we use it, if it's not quite fitting what we need, we can adjust it. It's not cut in stone like mm-hmm. most people think. So, But at least annually you should be looking at the whole plan to make sure it's still what you want to do going forward. But any major changes in the marketplace or your operation warrants a look at that plan. Fantastic. And so in your experience of interfacing with clients and talking about this, uh, because this is clearly your passion, your purpose, your mission, your plight, where do you find the majority of people, uh, regardless of how differing or varying their businesses may be, but what do you find is some of the common denominators uh, that they all share similarly in terms of where they get stuck or where they don't know how to take things to the next level or where they don't know how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable or playing a bigger game? Well, a, a lot of them are just the thought of they hear business plan and they think it's this great big monster document that they've got to create. Mm-hmm. So right out of the bat, they're very nervous. Their stress level goes up. And I've always laughed when I when I speak to a group and I can say business plan. You can see some of the redness in their face starts going up because the stress level is there. <laughs> and, and it's hilarious to watch them. Uh, but I, I like to, you know, break it down into small pieces. And it's like everything else. If you're doing just one little piece, it's not very stressful. You do a little piece, you set it aside. You come back, you do the next little piece, you set it aside. And so breaking it down in small bites makes it more palatable for most people. Uh, but And some of them have never been into a business ownership or operations level. They mm-hmm. may have been inside a company that's downsized or something. Well, I can do what I've been doing for them for myself and make all this money that I was making for them, but they don't realize all they see is that little piece of what they were doing and they don't have a clue of the big picture, what it takes to operate a business. And so that's the part we have to really do some hand-holding with to really get coach them through that process of this is something that you got to pay attention to. If you don't know it, we need to find you some help. Mm-hmm. And so we break that down into those spaces that we might get different three or four different people to help guide them. But they're able to let that stress relax a little bit and see the big picture. And sometimes they say, forget it. I'm not even going to do this. I'm just going to retire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you right. have other ones that really see, yeah, I can, I could do this. It's going to take me a little bit, but I want to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to find help to help me get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that we could really, they got that determination in their, in their eyes, in their heart that, they're going to take off. 
Well, and truly, too, to parallel it for the listening audience as well, for those who may not necessarily be entrepreneurial or in the business world where this topic may not specifically speak to them, uh, you know, to make it a little bit easier to digest and to retain, it's really, in my opinion, no differently than for for people who are committed to personal growth, personal development, you know, self-discipline in navigating your life, no matter what it is that is of interest to you or no matter what it is you deem to be your priorities or your area of focus, still requires the written word because once you write things down, call it your goals, call it setting intentions, call it getting exceptionally clear about what your passions are, that's when things start to actually truly in the tangible sense come to fruition. So, you know, for people who are in fact in the business world who are tuning into this show, uh, which again, I thank you very much for that, you know, it's, it's really taking the goals of where you want to go, but breaking it down, as David has indicated, in step-by-step format as it pertains to the business plan, the business model, so that everything else that you envision for yourself uh, in terms of mind, body, spirit, or having a so-called balanced life, you know, once you fine-tune all those aspects of your business, then everything else becomes that much easier, and you truly do thank yourself in the future, do you not, David? Oh, absolutely, because that gives you that uh, focus that you can come back to if, if you start wandering a little bit off track. And that's, you know, just based off your comments there, one of the things that I hear a lot of people say when I talk to them about business planning is, I know how to run a business. You know, my plan is up here in my head. Mm. You know, they don't see that necessity to write it down. Well, the bombardment we have of, what, 5,000-plus marketing messages a day yes. on top of daily life, uh, if I didn't have it wrote down, it would not exist. Exactly. And so, you know, we've always been told that we need to write down our goals. And this is what basically your plan is your goals. Mm-hmm. It's that roadmap that defines that journey that you're taking. They'll spend more time planning a vacation than they will their business. Very true. And very, very true. They'll have that, that vacation all rolled out, but when it comes to running a business, they don't even bother a one-sheet piece of paper writing down what they want to do. And that's where a lot of them start floundering because they don't have anything that really keep them on track. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that the thought process in some of them and some of their plan is, I pay bills on Friday and hopefully I got money left over and that's my plan. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, too, it's just it's another form of accountability, you know, it, and it's also another measure and barometer, one, to measure growth and true to show to yourself, to prove to yourself more so importantly than anybody else out there is that you do, in fact, take yourself seriously. This isn't just some little notion that's wafting around in the air and, you know, maybe when you're feeling motivated, you grab onto it and you do something to exercise it or to implement it or to take a couple of steps further to further propel it and hope it lands in the right spot. Um, But when you write things down, and, of course, it's important to revisit it, too, because sometimes we forget what it is we have, in fact, accomplished, or we forget how much we've actually grown or what our mindset was uh, once upon a time. And so 
because we write, when we write things down, we're writing things down sometimes in the mood that we tend to be in or when there's distractions going around us or, uh, you know, we have people competing for our attention. And so when you're writing things down, it gives you an opportunity to revisit it because maybe the next day or the next month or the next two months or six months, you revisit it and you go, wow, what was I thinking that day? I mean, and, and that just goes to show what you've been sponging up in the meantime from the inception of writing something down to where you now are and perhaps you've learned a few more tools in your toolbox, perhaps you've mentored up, perhaps you've gotten a coach, perhaps you've been reading better books, uh, listening to better YouTube videos and then you can go back and go, I don't know what I was thinking that day but i got to actually sit down and rewrite that thing if I'm really going to take off with what I say is important to me. So you got to write things down because we forget sometimes what we pinpoint or identify as being uh, important to us. Well, in addition to, to having that written goals is sharing the plan with someone just like you do your goals. Yes. Uh, I have, when I first wrote uh, one of my business plans, uh, I had a, a friend who'd been in business for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I says, I want you to do me a favor. Read this through. Tell me what you think. Good, bad, ugly. I want to know it all. Yes. And so uh, his wife was also, she was just coming out of uh, grad school and getting ready to start her own uh, veterinary practice. So they said, sure, both of them read it. I said, man, I love this. I got a fresh perspective and a veteran perspective. Mm-hmm. And his comments to me, he says, thanks. He says, now I got to go back and change all mine after I read yours. <laughs> gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah, right. But it was such a good feeling to know that here's somebody that's been doing this for all these years. Yes. Told me that I was right on track with everything that was in the plan. And so I took that plan after I, you know, come down a little bit out of cloud nine for doing such a good job on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I When I had staff, I had my staff had a copy of the plan. Mm-hmm. Which is important because they need to know how I'm going to operate the business because they're doing a large share of the work. Absolutely. And especially when it comes to, to the sales piece is being in the office. And a lot of people don't understand that there's expense, how much it costs to operate their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my favorite questions I love asking business owners is how much does it cost you every day to put your key in the lock? Mm-hmm. And I get that deer in the headlight look. They're just <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? Right. And I'm sitting there, and I was giving a speech to a local business group. Uh, they asked me to be their dinner speaker. And I asked that question. And here's 60 local business people sitting there. And everybody's looking at me kind of dumbfounded, except for the little guy sitting right in front of me. He says, 10 haircuts. Wow. I said, awesome. excuse me? He says, I have to have 10 haircuts a day to cover my expenses of being open. Mm-hmm. And people are looking at him like he's nuts. And I says, he gets it. Yeah. Because if then the restaurant owners don't understand that, how much they have to take in each day just to cover everything. And then, and all of it down the discussion around the table says, I got to go back and do some homework now. And, but it was funny just looking at the people's faces when he said 10 haircuts. <laughs> I love it. So who are some of your, Tangible, intangible mentors, David. Who do you look at in the business world, whether you know them or don't, and go, wow, this person's got it locked down. This person oh, just knows what they're doing. That could be an all-day topic. 
Uh, one of the guys. Pick a couple. Pick a couple that really spring to mind automatically. Uh, Brad Zalas. Uh, has oh, been, he's awesome. I've, he I'm has sure been a godsend to me over since uh, we started. Yes. And we met uh, right after his Liquid Leadership book came out. Yeah. And, and the story is hilarious. What had happened is I met him through Tony Rubleski, who I have met Tony about 25 years ago. And we have been uh, friends ever since. And what he did is Tony used to send out an audio videotape every month along with his newsletter. Mm-hmm. And so Brad was the featured um, interview guest that month. And so I'm reading this, and I have two pages of notes in a 30-minute interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying I run out after the call, and I go buy the book, come back, read the book. And I'm saying, wow. And so I sent Brad an email. I said, Brad, I says, I love your book. I've learned so much, but I wish I'd have read it two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Because that is when I made the decision to retire from my insurance career. Right. And I'm meeting with my supervisors who were millennials. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and me being the boomer, yeah. I, I would have used a little bit different verbiage. Uh, with this. And so from that point on, him and I have been good friends and we, he helps me back giving me ideas and that encouragement. Uh, like I said, him and Tony both have been fantastic to me all the way through. Um, Jim Palmer is another guy I follow quite extensively mm-hmm. in, uh, John Delemi out of Florida. Um, these guys, I follow them. I listen, I learn, I read their material and it's helped me take everything I've done to that next level, as well as being part of uh, Tony uh, Rubleski's mastermind group, where we, you've got these uh, entrepreneurs coming in, in of various levels. And these guys are all sitting there, right? We could do this. We're going to help you. Uh, and there's nothing like being part of a group like that, no matter mm-hmm. what level your business is in. And um- it's an input. Well, it's true. Like if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Exactly. Right? You're not growing. You're not leveling up. You're not playing a bigger game for yourself. And going back just very quickly, I absolutely love Brad Zollis. I was in texting contact with him yesterday. I've showcased him. Uh, he truly does have it down pat. He knows what he's doing. Again, another member of the C-suite. Uh, just amazing. Former TED Talker. Uh, so yeah, I, I can understand why he would resonate with you specifically. He's, uh, he's a, and he's a super humble human being. I mean, anything he can do to anchor other people up or, uh, you know, he lets you bend your ear and, and, and get some advice and stuff like that. He's only too happy to help. I love that about him. Exactly. Uh, man, and I was him and I've been sending him emails this morning for some guidance along the way. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people like yourself that are there to help people. And that's why we're most uh, entrepreneurs that are at this higher level are so successful because they give back. Yeah. And yeah. I've I seen that from a lot of people in different industries where you know, I'm not going to help them. What am I going to get from helping them? Mm-hmm. But uh, we all do something. And if you do it for the right reason, you're going to, it's going to come back. And same with being part of these groups. Uh, participating in them, they're worth their weight in gold because it just might be one little sentence somebody says that just, boom, now, oh, I used that, and now look where I just did because of that. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's a trickle-down effect, you know, and that's a lot of the, the testimonials that I get from the, the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers. You know, it could be a way in which my guest that's being featured that particular week, you know, the context of what it is they're saying is something that perhaps is cliche or it's been said a million different times by a million separate people, but the nuances of how it was expressed and maybe the example that was used to illustrate it and back it up, that's the, that's the aha moment, you know, for the guest. And this is what the feedback is that I received. So, you know, there's always a million and one different ways in which to perceive things. There's always a million and one ways in which to articulate something and to relay something. Uh, you never know where that's going to land or how that's going to resonate with people. So I really encourage people because, again, I say this too, David, you know, repetition, repetition. How do we retain? How do we sponge up things? How does it become intrinsically part of our DNA? How does it become part of our home mindset? How does it become part of our daily rituals and our mantras and, and the clarity that we need to take things in the next direction? Repetition, repetition, repetition. So make sure whatever it is that you're repeating to yourself or whatever it is that you're verbalizing and putting out there into the universe, that it's congruent with what you say is important to you and the mission of what it is you stand for and what you believe in. Because every time you open your mouth, it's an advertisement and a window into who you are as a person as well as a business person, correct? Absolutely. And one of the things that I always stress to any Entrepreneur, if they're not doing it, they need to be out networking. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, connecting. So many, I prefer connecting. There you go. I, uh, and John Delemme, one of his sayings that I, that really resonated with me is live events change lives. They do. I don't know. I don't know how many seminars that I have went to that I have learned so much from. Uh, I went to one, I sat there at this table of entrepreneurs in, in key successful business people and there's a gentleman sitting to my right and I've been talking to him for two days mm-hmm. didn't have a clue who he was till he got up to speak Ben Gate III wow who actually studied personally with Napoleon Hill and worked side by side with Zig Ziglar wow and here I've been sitting next to this gentleman for two days <laughs> he didn't know who he was but when it comes to doing a mastermind group at our table Oh, you know, and I'm just so, so tickled to death at the positive comments about what I was doing from this gentleman. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I could pick up the phone and call Ben, and he'd, he'd answer his own phone and say, hey, what's going on? So you talked for two days with someone without introducing your names? Well, well, we knew the <laughs> names, but, it, you know, we introduced each other, but I hadn't a clue his background. Right. right. You know, I knew he was a you know a speaker and a sales closer. But I didn't realize his level of in-depth business knowledge and who he actually worked for with over those years. That's quite something. And I'm saying, but it's just those chance meetings, uh, sitting in a, you would never get that on a webinar or even in a book, but it's just rubbing elbows with people that you can use as a follow-up. And all these gentlemen that I follow, I have met that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in, in trying to learn from these folks and then when you build that relationship because they're friends. You know, they they want to help you be the level that they're at and they'll mm-hmm. do whatever they can. And so uh I see so many business owners they want to stay in their own little shell and hide behind a computer screen. Right. And you cannot do that. <laughs> no. 
You got to be out there. You got to be out there. Whether you're out there social media and you change your settings to public or you do partake and you accept these invitations of these different masterminds or thought summits or whatever. I mean, all those things have been life changing for me, both personally and professionally. And uh, I don't know anybody who walks away from having been a participant or a contributor to these events and thought, you know what, that was a real waste of my time. I never hear people say that. In fact, people say, you know, know what I need to go to these more often I need to make sure that these are scheduled quarterly I need because I mean it's it's the people that you align with and again you don't know what you don't know so some of the examples that you've already cited here David even just the example of sitting for two days talking to this gentleman Ben you know now look at what he's become for you in your life and had you not stepped up and gone to that event and participated in that event this pivotal person who you're now referencing on global radio would be would be unknown to you exactly. you wouldn't have had that personal connection so i love the fact that you're you're introducing some of that into the interview here dave because that's important for the listeners to take heed of um, and talking about events, I want to personally take advantage of having you here with the listeners, and I want to thank you very much. It was not that long ago that you invited me to be a speaker at an event in July, which unfortunately I cannot attend. Um, but if that's something that you want to plug here and, and let it be known so other people can you know, have it on their radar, feel free to plug away. Well, that is basically our trade uh, local group, that uh, state group that puts that program on for our membership. So it's a a members program uh, that we're always trying to build up, and I uh, had the in dubious honor of being chair of the planning committee this year. Amazing! Congratulations. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, but it's they, some of them will come to me and says, "You know any speakers?" Well, yes, I do. <laughs> and so I have built I this network. To be one. <laughs> and so, of course, I do. Uh, last year, uh, when we had Brad Zales back again last year, and the because of the Younger generation, and everybody's sitting there just shaking their head, like, oh my goodness. But there's, it's one of these events that, uh, even though it's dealing with a niche market, uh, for the, the organizations that we're our membership, but it's still, uh, business level talking on a lot of the points, but it's all healthcare related for our group. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, our community health centers, which gave me that knob. Some, uh, I should say, a life lesson as well, uh, because they're run by volunteer board of directors. Well, mm-hmm. being part of that board of directors for 30 plus years, I've learned what it is to see organizations grow from very little to multi-million dollar organizations, mm-hmm. and from and that's kind of where the title that my book came from is from the bottom up, and is trying to words like to start a business to the top of the business because as chairman of the board for the last 25 years, uh, I have learned a whole lot of knowledge about corporate uh, structure and how things operate, which mm-hmm. then I get to around and pass that on, helping my clients as they grow. Fantastic. Fantastic. So in terms of when we talk about the longevity of, of businesses, you know, talking about thriving and flourishing uh, as opposed to just, you know, rather than maintaining and, and scraping the barrel every day, you know, what are some of the key core ingredients that uh, successful businesses and business owners and CEOs, what is it that they've learned to indoctrinate into their businesses that really propels the longevity? 
Well, I think part of it is is once they get to find the, the right people for the positions and they have that plan that they can follow, and you'll see a lot of your successful organizations and businesses, they have not just the business plan, but they have that strong marketing plan mm-hmm. in detail, and they're not afraid to spend money on marketing. Mm-hmm. So many people, you know, that's the first budget that gets cut is marketing when times get tough. In reality, it should be the last one that gets cut. Absolutely. Uh, I've been in those shoes. I've done it. I've made those decisions. Again, those are the lessons learned. Uh, and it's a good marketing plan and tracking your return on investment is priceless because that's what's going to bring the new new customers and businesses uh, that you're going to be dealing with into your organization. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one type of marketing, and so many people focus today on social media and Internet marketing. Well, that's fine, but there's always a demographic that doesn't use computers. Right. And that's if we, if you've identified and done your homework, that niche that you're going to, if you're going after a senior market, forget about a computer. You better be sending them something in the mail. Right. Very true. And using that combination of all of these things, uh, you know, it really works. Old school marketing is just as effective today as it was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you use uh, all these different platforms. It's expensive. It's an investment. But a successful business will know what they got off each program. I moved my insurance office uh, several years ago. I went from one end of town to the other. And we had looked at the feasibility of it before we started. We had done our homework. And then we laid out a very distinct marketing plan Mm -hmm. of how we're going to advertise this new location. So my staff and I, we sat down, a little brainstorming ideas, and we come up with a nice postcard. And back uh, early days of the Internet, you didn't have a lot of these searches that you could do for uh, – residencies and how do you pick up certain households in the area. Mm-hmm. So we doing the old-fashioned work. I did a lot of legwork at the library, doing research through the various uh, books at that point. And I had all this list. She typed up labels for all. We sent out about a 1,000 postcards within Brilliant. a half-a-mile a half a mile radius of our office. So and then at that point, as the end of those went out, we put a billboard up with the postcard that information on the billboard, including my ugly mug. <laughs> and if you're going to put up a billboard, my words of wisdom are be prepared for what's the ribbon you're going to get. Right. Uh, the, the billboard was a stone's throw from our office. And so it was very strategic and it overlooked the gas station. So while you're pumping gas, you're sitting there, you look it up and there's the billboard and we were tracking. We knew exactly what we had spent mm-hmm. and where things were. And so I've got the postcards out, the billboard out, up. And then uh, I ran into the pastor of the church one day. He says, you know, he says, I'm used to God looking down on me, but the insurance guy, there is just no way. <laughs> There's no avoiding him. <laughs> He's right there. He's everywhere. <laughs> And, you know, and I said, oh, man, it's bad when the pastor gets in on the horizon. <laughs> but what we did is because we tracked those expenses between the combination of the, the postcard and the billboard, uh, we had a new customer walk in the door, and with their assets that we protected, 
we pay for all the postcards and the billboard with that one client. Fascinating. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And so and it's so, that two tier. Right. And so fast forward to 2018, what would you be doing similarly or what would you be doing differently and what would you include in, in imparting that to the listening audience? Because people are always looking for helpful tips, things that have already proven to be successful. Would you still encourage that type of marketing in today's day and age? Oh, absolutely. It's It's got to depend on the type of business because some of that's not going to depend. But when you're looking to get attention driven mm-hmm. and there's nothing better than a, a – 10 by 30 or 10 by 40, whatever they are, staring down at you. Right. And there's some some very good pieces. You just want to look at what's cost effective for the business and what you can get a return on and make sure you do your homework yes. on who you're sending to. Dan Kennedy, one of the uh, uh, world-renowned copywriters, tells the story of uh, one of his clients who was a carpet cleaner who wanted to expand his business into the next area. Mm-hmm. So he had got a, a list of all, everybody in this zip code sending out realms of mailers, getting no return. So he had talked with Dan, and Dan says, well, let's go for a ride. They jump in the car, and then they drive to where he was mailing into. They were the type of households that if they were going to clean their carpets, they were probably going down to the local hardware store and renting a carpet cleaner. Mm-hmm. They weren't the people that would have paid for somebody to come in and clean their carpet. So – even though he had the list, he didn't qualify the, the list that he was sending to. And once they changed to the other areas in that zip code with the more uh, affluent neighborhoods, his phone rang off the hook. So it's qualifying any mailing list that you get and making sure that you've set those parameters of what you want. And Brilliant. there's list brokers out there if you need lists where you can rent email lists or they will send the email distribution versus listing you out there and send them for you, but qualify what your list was. My, I spoke earlier of the new veterinary uh, that was, clinic that was going to open, and she came to me for help, and so we sat down and we talked what her ideal customer looked like. Do we identify that as far as demographics, what their income was, what area they wanted, she wanted them from. And we put together this whole very tight list of criteria that subscribed to cat magazines beyond, <laughs> because it's, she was a cat only vet. Right. And so I went to my brokers and I said, right, took these parameters and I, give me everybody within a five mile radius of her office, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon. That list came back with a thousand households. Wow. And all right, so here's a thousand people. Basically, you pre-qualified them based on your criteria. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't help you build your practice, I don't know what will. If you get the right message to them, exactly. And, and then when we expanded that out even farther, that number grew at, uh, exponentially. I just flabbergasted, and the cost of that list for that thousand numbers was just a couple hundred bucks. Is that right? And so it's a matter of doing your homework, and if you don't I know those client bases, who your market is, that's the place we have to start. Mm-hmm. Well, you touched upon something that I think it's worth uh, mentioning and reiterating. So in a roundabout way, what I heard from that, my takeaway from that too, and I truly believe this to be a fact, you know, it's just as imperative, it's just as profound, it's just as much 
there's as much relevance and importance and significance to the process of elimination. You know, go like bank gangbusters, keep all your options open, and then you will find out as these are being implemented, your strategies and your marketing are being implemented, what in fact works, what doesn't work, what lands, what resonates, what doesn't. And once you start to do that and compile all your information and break it down and go, okay, here's the numbers in this pod of, as you cited, you know, uh, zip codes. And this is what makes sense based on the geography and the geographical location and the proximity of where it is where we're running business and we want to open our doors and bring more people in. So process of elimination I sometimes find that that whole process, because you're doing your homework and you're also experimenting and you're being curious, you're being wondrous, you're, you're, you know, you're thinking outside of the box, so to speak, and you're going, okay, well, this information, once we deduce it, once we reduce it, once we get the results, because results don't lie, then everything that we've put stock in, whether other aspects of, of who we've tried to connect with doesn't work or doesn't resonate or doesn't compute or convert to dollars or clients, that's okay because we're going to find out the information we need to know anyway. So for that reason alone, it's not a waste of time. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's paying attention to detail. And I, and I will just about guarantee you that every successful business has those, those numbers and that data analyzed down to a T mm-hmm. because they, they know that that's the bread and butter of any business is a quality list of customers that they can deal with on, the, on a basis over and over again. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So being cognizant of time, David, I'd really like to encourage you to share with the listeners, where is it that people can find you? Where can they seek you out for speaking engagements? Where they can, where can they connect with you as a prospective client? Uh, and what else is upcoming for you on the horizon? Is book number three in the works or what? Well, uh, right now, uh, book number three is out. It, well, it's, it launched it last year. It's dealing with uh, based book on the – Yeah, book number three I wrote last year is – uh, for community health centers, which which is my volunteer portion here, mm-hmm. uh, using the Napoleon Hill principles. As mm-hmm. I wrote my portion of Journeys to Success, I'm sitting here thinking, well, wait a minute, that light bulb went on again. This is what we're doing as a volunteer board of directors. Mm-hmm. So as I researched and did more, that was the basis when those were written in 1937 that they were designed for individuals as well as businesses and organizations to succeed. And so – Trying to help my colleagues around the country, I wrote a small book uh, for number three. Book number four is going to be somewhere distant out. I've got uh, some other things in it that I'm working on. I just started another business. I get bored easy. <laughs> well, congratulations. What's the business? It's uh, Pinnacle Media Group, uh, and we've got uh, we're maximizing help people maximize their social media platforms to grow their business. Excellent. And how's that uh, going? Well, they've seen the first client this morning and they've sent us back a text message. We have our first paying customer. Yeehaw. And so we were tickled pink, but I partnered with a gentleman that's high energy, that's out in the communities, and we, we mesh well because I'm the behind-the-scenes business guy. Mm-hmm. I've created the business plan, your chart, and all these other pieces that need to be in place for any business. He's out there helping to identify the customers and work with the, the, our team and I'm building everything behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take a little bit of time, but 
Uh, right now, the businessplananswerman.com is my website, mm-hmm. and they can go there. There's a whole page full of podcasts, which we will add this to, so they can make it easy to go and listen to other information that's been shared with listening audiences all over. There's mm-hmm. resources, templates, and uh, places if you'd like to have a speaker for your group or meeting on there, places to contact. And also, there is a free download of the first chapter of From the Bottom Up, why it's important to have a written business plan. Awesome. Good stuff, David. You've been busy. You've been busy. Uh, busy and productive. That's Busy and productive. Absolutely. Productivity is the key word because uh, we can be busy spinning our wheels and get absolutely zero done. Um, so let me do a mock run through just for the listening audience. You, you, again, this is unscripted. You, David has no clue what's coming his way here. So um, you having a sense of who I am, what it is I do as a business, I'm, you know, in many respects in an oversaturated industry as a radio show host, as a podcaster, as an author, as a coach, as a mentor, as a speaker. So you getting a sense of who I am, you having done your research on me prior to us connecting and and making this uh, interview a tangible reality for the listening audience today. What would be as with your level of expertise and all the tools in your toolbox, what would you constructively suggest to me that I should be doing differently, less of, more of, or not at all? Well, first of all, you know, based on, you know, our conversations in the past, your priorities are, are, are spot on having family first. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the key is so many of us put everything else on the back burner and fall into the business. But it's, it's trying to get that balance. It's, as you said, you're, uh, on overload with a lot of the contacts coming in. But I think you've got your hands in this, in, Areas is just which one do you enjoy the most, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard because we have so much fun with all of them mm-hmm. to identify them down. But you've got your plan on how you're attacking them. It's just prioritizing which one is you're going to give precedence to over the others and focus. But I think you know I can learn more from you than you can from me. But uh, based on how you're balancing everything, uh, which is very tough, and it my is hats tough. off to you. Well, I appreciate that. And I wasn't opening up the question for flattery or compliments. I wasn't because, you know, the people who really are the ones who who challenge you and perhaps say things that you don't necessarily want to hear. But, of course, if you're going to be successful or if you're going to be uh, completely aligned with what it is that you say you want to do, you've got to remove the ego. You've got to be receptive to constructive feedback. You've got to be prepared for people, especially if you're voluntarily asking and eliciting their their expertise and their um, objectivity for uh, and their experience within the business world to be able to glean a someone like me and go, okay, well, you know, these are your strengths, but perhaps these areas are a level of deficiency for you. You might want to pay attention to that or you might want to scale back on this and maybe enhance this. So when I asked you that question, I'm just doing a mock run through for anybody who as a result of listening to you, David, and, you know, they're keen to explore finding out more about you and setting up an initial consult with you following this show or any time after the fact, maybe when the podcast comes out, you know, I just want to be the guinea pig. I just want to be the example of giving them a taste of what they might anticipate regardless of what it is they do for a living but by me putting myself out there here globally and just saying okay use me as the example you know i'm giving you permission you can lambaste me you can cut stuff down you can you know like 
truly, because I, I want this to be an educational piece for the listeners. So I'm giving you complete permission here to say, Lisa, that sucks, or you should be doing less of that, or I don't quite grasp what your message is with regards to that. This is what this is for the listening audience that I'm even inviting this conversation piece. Well, you know, thank you. And the first thing I can say, I would prioritize which is of all your opportunities that you're involved with, which ones are your priority that you want to focus on the most. Mm-hmm. And, and because of your overload, you may want to bring in some additional help or through either on direct hire or virtual assistance, trying to take some of that load off. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs, we're famous for not wanting to lose control. Well, actually, I've got a kick-ass team. I'll tell you well, that right now. It doesn't mean that I won't have to eventually perhaps expand my team uh, or bring in different skill sets to complement the overall, you know, um, success of it all. But the team that I have in place right now, uh, Shelly Kip and Paul Rampershad, and there's other people too uh, who would prefer to remain anonymous, um, I couldn't be more grateful. Uh, you know, their skill set, uh, their ability uh you know, and, and taking what I do just as seriously as what I do to make it all sing, it, it's amazing. But, yeah, I, I mean, there might have to be some expansion to the team eventually. Well, and that's what you keep the overload going into burnout because otherwise, uh, say, we don't want to take that step back. Anybody that's running a business, uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tried to take a week off to, for my granddaughter, and that didn't work. I oh, found no. myself, you know. She's taking a nap. I'm on the computer. Mm-hmm. She's playing. I'm on the computer. Then she gets her toy computer out. Right. <laughs> She's like, you know, so it's, it, there's always work to be done. We want to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And we just have to prioritize what's the most important at that moment. And that's a key place no matter where you're at in your career with a business is, you know, if you put your family first, uh, you can't go wrong. Absolutely. When I, when I started in the insurance business, my supervisor that brought me in told me his first words is, when you set your calendar, mark the time you will not be working because it's family time and do not break it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's why they created voicemail to me is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not forget about that, right? Let's not forget voicemail is there for a reason. Not everybody can be on 24-7, nor should you be expected to be. Well, and, and that's just it. A lot of people think that you get an email or a phone call, you have to jump right on it. Mm-hmm. I, I used to kind of take a step back when people say, well, I only do answer emails at this time and this time or take phone calls. And I say, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't grasp it. But now I find myself doing that because it helps with the productivity uh, and the focus. I'm not distracted by an email. I turn off the alerts and – I don't worry about it because it'll be there. Absolutely. And I've set in setting those priorities that we all need to do. um, What's our primary focus? And that goes back to that mission and vision that for the businesses, what do you see yourself going to and how are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. And, And those are the key focuses. I've got my mission statement wrote right on top of the whiteboard next to my desk. Awesome. So I can, I can always focus on that. So that people, so when I start to say, all right, why am I doing this? When I kick myself back and relax just a minute and I see that, oh yeah. And so that re- brings me right back to that focus point. 
mm-hmm. and taking that step. And so that's the key is, you know, especially it depends on, you know, the family situation with you know, like you've got kids, I've got grandkids. So we want to focus our time so we can spend quality time and not take away from them because, oh, we should be on the phone doing this. Or we should be on the phone and prioritize and trying to get that balance. And I know we all reach a point uh, where you can't do it like we want to. Mm-hmm. Then we got to evaluate our situation to see what changes we can make in our operation. Maybe bringing in that extra person. Mm-hmm. That, you know, can we or can't we afford it? But can you afford not to sometimes? Exactly. Well, David, I just want to say this has been a phenomenal interview. I've certainly enjoyed the gift of your time, all your insights, as I always do with each weekly guest. I take notes, I jot things down, and then when I have an opportunity to do so, I play back the podcast because then I'm listening, uh, not being on. I'm actually just listening, and it's my guest more so than myself, obviously, that I'm listening to. So I just want to encourage the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers, please reach out to David. David would be an excellent resource for you uh, to help you with your business, to navigate, to keep things running smoothly uh, because you don't know what you don't know. So, David, I want to thank you again. I want to wish you all my best. You're always welcome to come come back and uh, be re-interviewed here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, perhaps when the fourth book or you're more entrenched in your, four, your additional business. Uh, clearly, you're somebody who has ongoing momentous updates so you're always welcome to come back here and share your imparted wisdom with the listening audience for the audience i want to thank you very much for taking time on your schedule once again for tuning in to living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald as you know i go live here every friday with a phenomenal guest of each week at 8 a.m pacific 10 o'clock central 11 o'clock eastern my purpose my mission my plight here is to uplift you to fear less and to live more i want to thank once again my family and friends over at c-suite radio network where again you can eventually find the podcast link following the live interview and I also want to thank my corporate sponsors Halton Honda and Forever for believing in myself living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald the content and my guest of each week wishing you all my very best have a great weekend see you back here next Friday take care and all my best bye-bye you've been listening to living fearlessly with your host Lisa McDonald This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.